Good evening, everyone, and welcome to worship. And uh, I'm grateful that you have chosen to participate in this, the beginning of Race Talks at the Wesley Foundation. I want to offer um, some preliminary remarks. Um, this is an introduction, not necessarily to Race Talks itself, which uh, that will be part of the work that I do next week, on next Tuesday night, I'll, I'll offer some introduction to Race Talks more formally. Um, but I want to offer an introduction specifically to our worship service tonight. Um, every other Tuesday night that you come, we will gather for a short worship service here. Um, and having done that, we'll move um, into the main part of the building and have talks, um, as the name of this series suggests. Um, there'll be a good bit of talk giving and talk responding to. Um, but tonight, um, we are simply going to worship. I want to mention to you, before I even say anything else about what we're doing tonight, um, just that race talks, um, really beginning this last week um, and tonight, is it's not a spectator sport, by which I mean it's something um, that we do not just for people to come and sort of consume content as passive recipients, but we do as an active practice as a community. And one of the most important things you can do uh, to participate and not merely be a spectator at Race Talks, besides just being here on Tuesday nights, um, is to be committed in, in your involvement in small groups at the Wesley Foundation. If you haven't already um, signed up for a specific small group, I hope that you'll consider doing that. Um, and regardless of whether you're just now going to begin, start going to small groups at Wesley, or whether you've been going to some for a while, I would really encourage you, um, especially all the time we encourage you to do this, but especially in these coming weeks, this is a great time to invite others into this conversation um, by inviting them to, to come to small groups in these coming weeks. Um, tonight, we are gathered to remember and to grieve people who have been killed by police recently. Um, and I want to say some things about the specific people whose names are going to be mentioned tonight. In short, these are people whose deaths we believe are important to remember as we stand upon the threshold of this thing we call race talks. These are people whose stories we have discerned as the leadership of this community to be significant in our ongoing effort to understand and to speak Christianly about the reality of racism in our own time. The list of names that you will hear tonight is by no means comprehensive, nor does it include white persons killed by police or police officers, whether white or black, who have been murdered by civilians over recent weeks and months. Those persons' deaths, white people and police officers, those persons' deaths are certainly no less worthy of grieving than the persons who we grieve tonight and they are loved by God equally. Nonetheless, the focus and purpose of our service tonight and the scope of Race Talks more broadly is not to give a fair shake to every single competing perspective or to try to have a non-biased approach to the so-called issue of police violence against black and brown people or of racism more broadly. We're not trying to cover every single perspective 
and we're certainly not trying to be non-biased. Furthermore, we are not here tonight to offer a position statement, to make a policy proposal, or to offer an outline for the reform of the practice of policing. Such activities are no doubt worthy endeavors, and I see no reason why Christians should not be involved in those kinds of activities. But that's not what we're here to do tonight. What we are here to do tonight is very simply to worship the living God. That is our starting point for race talks, because as a community, we are convinced that all Christian speech, including speech about race and racism, needs to be rooted in the grammar we learn in the presence of God, worshiping as a Christian community. There are a couple things I'd like to point out about that God that we encounter here in Christian worship. Firstly, he is the God of Israel, which is to say, he's the God who listened to the groan of his people as they cried out to him under their yoke of slavery in Egypt. And when God listened to those oppressed people's cry, in that instance, in Exodus and elsewhere in Scripture, when God hears the groans of oppressed people in our Bible, he does not reply, well, this is a complicated issue. There are lots of sides and opinions and perspectives. And after all, you Israelites, or insert the name of whatever oppressed people, you're not exactly innocent yourselves. In fact, that Moses guy killed that one Egyptian guard in cold blood. That's not the way that God responds to the groans of his people in Scripture. What God does do is listen and hear and know and be moved by those groans. Especially for we white Christians, for those of us that are white here, when our black and brown neighbors, whether Christian or not, when our black and brown neighbors cry out in response to killings by police, listening should be our first impulse. What we're doing tonight is listening. And specifically what we're doing tonight in our practice of mourning is participating in God's listening, in God's grief, over the deaths of people who he loves. Secondly, we Christians worship a God who became fully human. The Son of God became, specifically, a Jewish human being, membered into the people of God, Israel, which, as you remember, and as I've already mentioned, is an enslaved, or was an enslaved people, who God delivered out of slavery, but who nonetheless remained, at the time of Jesus' birth, a people vulnerable to far more powerful peoples and political forces. When Jesus was born, his Jewish flesh was encountered by some as a site of fear and danger. So that though centuries removed from the days when Pharaoh ordered the systematic extermination of Jewish children, in Jesus' day, once again, Jewish parents found their children's flesh singled out for murder. This Jesus, the Son of God, 
was identified as a criminal, brutally tortured, and executed alongside other condemned criminals. That is the Jesus who God raised up and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Our worship service tonight is patterned as such on the liturgies used for funerals. A Christian funeral is not only a memorialization of the person who's died, but it is finally and foremost a proclamation of the gospel. It is an annunciation that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's what we're supposed to preach at funerals as Christians. We're supposed to preach the resurrection. In Jesus' resurrection, we find not a solution for the deaths we grieve tonight. And even less does the resurrection mean that we don't have to concern ourselves with the old and ever-renewed patterns of injustice that are evinced in the murders which we will remember tonight. But in the resurrection, we do find and we remember that God has defeated death. And we can proclaim, even in a time such as our own, that the gruesome power to kill a power wielded against the people whose deaths we mourn tonight, that the power to kill is not the greatest power that there is. Tonight we proclaim that the murder of these people is not the last word. For in the words of the Apostle Paul, Jesus' resurrection means that one day at the name of Jesus, every knee will bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let us pray. Almighty God, in your keeping there is shelter from the storm, and in your mercy there is comfort for the sorrows and injustices of life. Hear now our prayer for those who have been slain for those who mourn and are heavy laden. Give to them strength to bear and do your will. Lighten their darkness with your love. Enable us to see beyond the things of this mortal world, the promise of the eternal. And help us to know that your care enfolds all people, that you are our refuge and strength, and that underneath us are your everlasting arms. Amen. In the last year, there have been over 1,000 reported fatalities by a police officer in the United States. The names we are about to read are specifically the names of people of different backgrounds and ages, all killed by police from January to December 2020. We know that this list is not comprehensive or inclusive of all who have either been killed by or suffered at the hands of police, but we offer it as a place to begin our mourning, trusting that though we cannot know the fullness of the lives lost, God, the creator of all, sees, knows, and mourns for his children. For you created my innermost parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my formless substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Psalm 139. January. Victor Valencia, 
31 years old, shot January 12th in a gas station in Los Angeles, California. William Howard Green, 43 years old, shot on January 27th in a vehicle in Temple Hills, Maryland. Jaquin O'Neill Light, 20 years old, shot on January 29th in Graham, North Carolina. Keith Dutry Collins, 52 years old, shot on January 30th in Raleigh, North Carolina. Into your hands, we commend these souls. February, an unidentified woman shot on February 21st in a hotel in Phoenix, Arizona. An unidentified man shot on February 26th in Garden Grove, California. Into your hands, we commend these souls. March, Barry Goodus, 27 years old, shot on March 6th in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Daniel Prude, 47 years old, suffocated on March 23rd in Rochester, New York. Pablo Elias, 44 years old, shot on March 10th in Bell Gardens, California. Brianna Taylor, 26 years old, shot on March 12th in her home in Louisville, Kentucky. Donnie Sanders, 47 years old, shot on March 12th in Kansas City, Missouri. Michael Johnson, 31 years old, shot on March 20th in Tallahassee, Florida. Into your hands we commend these souls. April. Jose Soto, 27 years old, shot on April 2nd in Manchester, Connecticut. Kenesha Nicole Fuller, 43 years old, shot on April 10th in Birmingham, Alabama. Carlos Ingram Lopez, 27 years old, died of cardiac arrest after being handcuffed and held face down on April 21st in Tucson, Arizona. Joshua Johnson, 35 years old, shot on April 22nd in a house in Houston, Texas. Into your hands, we commend these souls. May. 
Maurice S. Gordon, 28 years old, shot on May 23rd on a street in Bass River, New Jersey. Dion Johnson, 28 years old, shot on May 25th in a vehicle in Phoenix, Arizona. George Floyd, 46 years old, suffocated on May 25th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Into your hands we commend these souls. June, Rayshard Brooks, 27 years old, shot on June 12th in Atlanta, Georgia. Andres Guardado, 18 years old, shot on June 18th in Gardena, California. Robert Delon Harris, 34 years old, shot on June 25th in a vehicle in Venita, Oklahoma. Into your hands we commend these souls. July, Jorge Gonzalez Zuniga, 23 years old, paralyzed after his neck was broken during arrest on April 12th and died from complications from his injuries on July 15th in Elsa, Texas. Into your hands we commend these souls. August, Ramon Lopez, 28 years old, died being held down on hot asphalt and died during arrest on August 4th in Phoenix, Arizona. Julian Edward Roosevelt Lewis, 60 years old, shot on August 7th in Sylvania, Georgia. Into your hands we commend these souls. September. Kurt Andreas Reinhold, 42 years old, shot on September 23rd in San Clemente, California. Into your hands we commend these souls. October. Jonathan Price, 32 years old, shocked with a stun gun and shot on October 3rd in a gas station in Wolf City, Texas. Marcella Stinnett, 19 years old, shot on October 20th in a vehicle in Waukegan, Illinois. Emmett Cockrum, 44 years old, shot on October 20th in Phoenix, Arizona. David Angel Villalobos Baldovinos, 37 years old, shot on October 23rd in San Isidro, California. Into your hands we commend these souls.
November. An unidentified person shot on November 30th on a street in Phoenix, Arizona. Into your hands we commend these souls. December. Andre Maurice Hill, 47 years old, shot on December 22nd in Columbus, Ohio. Into your hands we commend these souls. God of us all, we thank you for Christ's grace, through which we pray to you in this dark hour. Lives that were loved have been torn away. Expectations the years once held have vanished. The mystery of death has stricken us. O oh God, you know the lives we live and the deaths we die. Woven so strangely of purpose and of chance, of reason and of the irrational, of strength and of frailty, of happiness and of pain, into your hands we commend these souls. No mortal life you have made is without eternal meaning. No earthly fate is beyond your redeeming. Through your grace that can do far more than we can think or imagine, fulfill in these souls your purpose that reaches beyond time and death. Lead them from strength to strength and fit them for love and service in your kingdom. Into your hands also we commit our lives. You alone make us to dwell in safety. Whom finally have we on earth or in heaven but you? Help us to know the measure of our days and how frail we are. Hold us in your keeping. Forgive us our sins. Save our minds from despair and our hearts from fear. And guard and guide us with your peace. Amen. <laughs>